the land went dark. The Savior was gone. And although he told them what he was up to, it really seems like nobody actually believed he was coming back. Because that's what happens when tragedy hits, right? We panic. We stop believing the good news and revert back to our former selves. But Saturday is one of the most important days of Holy Week. It's when we have an opportunity to decide that instead of running away from the heartache, we are going to run straight through it. Welcome to Season 5 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. This season, we are following Jesus day by day as he journeys to the cross. No matter what time of year you are listening, this season is an invitation to slow down and remember the greatest act of love of all time. This is Holy Week. The house sat in silence. No one could find breath to utter a single sound. Mary, mother of Jesus, had collapsed on the floor after aimlessly pacing around the house for an eternity. She and Mary Magdalene had come here after that terrible day on the hill, watching the last gasps of her son. My son, oh, my son, what have they done to you? Mary had watched as much as she could, in spite of those closest to her insisting that she turn away. She would not abandon her son. She would not let him suffer without her. Each lash that tore flesh from him, each insult hurled at him, each nail that pierced him, she felt them all. And then, when it was over, she had stayed as they took him down. Then, and only then, did Mary look away. She could not watch the lifeless body of her son be taken down from the cross. How had it come to this? How had her son, her sweet, loving, miracle-working son been put to death by Rome? What had he done that threatened everyone so much? He only wanted to show how much God loved them all, and they killed him for it. Mary did not want to think about it anymore. She didn't want to think about anything anymore. Anger seethed inside her. She closed her eyes against the fire of rage that almost overtook her. When she opened her eyes, she looked around the house. She couldn't remember the house ever being so dark. The darkness had a presence to it, a living malice that shrouded the world. 
it made each corner dangerous and wild. Mary could feel the anguish swell again, but there were no more tears to be shed. She and Mary Magdalene had wept. Now they sat in the ache and pulsating pain that followed the last tear when the body still has grief to share and so contracts around the sorrow deep within. So Mary turned inward. When all seemed lost, that is where she went, to the treasure box of her heart. For so many years she had trusted God. Despite everything, she knew that is what she must do tonight. She closed her eyes and breathed. The silence around shifted. A presence was still there, but it no longer oppressed the house. She could sense a warmth within the night, a small flicker of comfort in the middle of ruin. The silence grew. The world inhaled and exhaled with her. It was within the silence that Mary learned it was not her enemy. Mary looked around her. The morning light had crept through the cracks of the house, slowly, steadily. She looked around, her gaze falling on a jar in the corner. She gasped. She remembered a night long ago when three men came to see her son bearing gifts. She stood and walked over to the jar. She took off the lid and looked inside. She brought her hands to her mouth and stifled a sob. Mary Magdalene watched as she bent and drew from the jar three small boxes. Mary turned toward the east as the sun broke the horizon. A new day has come. She turned to her friend, held out a hand, and smiled. Come, Mary, let us go and see. Here's a question. Why did it take Jesus three days to defeat the grave? He goes to the cross on Friday and isn't back until Sunday morning. So what about Saturday? Every year we have a good Friday service and an Easter Sunday service, but there was a whole other day, Saturday. Have you ever thought about why? I mean, it's not like the father came to the son and said, listen, you're going to the cross on Friday. Do you think you could go ahead and defeat sin and death in two days? And then Jesus says, I don't know, dad, two days may be pushing it. Do you mind if I get a third day? Like, I'll make sure I'm finished first thing in the morning before the Marys even get to the tomb. I'll be back. Of course, that's a ridiculous thought. He's God. Can we just remind ourselves for a second that most of the time when God does things, it's not for him, it's for us. He's trying to show us something. So what if Jesus is showing us that there is something sacred 
to the stillness of Saturday. By the way, we see this pattern all throughout Scripture. New life always seems to come on day three. So in Genesis 1, it's the third day that vegetation and life appear. In Hosea 6, the prophet calls Israel to return to God by saying, For God will raise us up on the third day. Jonah is in the giant fish for three days before he receives new life. And Jesus said, tear down this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Remember, when you see a pattern in scripture, pay attention to it. What is it with third day and new life? Or for today's episode, maybe the better question is, what's the deal with day two? Why does there always seem to be a missing day, a day of silence between death and resurrection? Why Sunday and not Saturday? I wonder if some of us need to hear this year, this Holy Week, that God is giving us an invitation. We have an invitation from the creator of the universe himself to slow down and sit in Saturday. Thursday night was terrifying. Friday was brutal. Sunday will be a celebration, but don't forget about Saturday. Saturday was just really sad. And we live in a world that loves to rush past all the sad stuff and just head straight to the party. For me, personally, one of the things I'm not great at and one of the things I'm trying to get better at is sitting in Saturday, so to speak. So when something difficult happens, I'm not good at letting myself feel the pain. I tend to always be future focused, so my mind is always jumping forward, like wondering how I'm going to spin this. What is God up to in this? How is he going to use it? But what if this year, we realize that when difficult things happen in life, there is actually a sacred invitation. Saturday is like the restart button. Like, have you ever had a a problem with your computer or your iPad? What's the solution nine times out of 10? You just unplug it, turn it off, let it sit for a moment, and then restart it. On Saturday, it's almost like God unplugs everything and lets it sit for a day. He lets it sit for Saturday before restarting or resurrecting. And so we will celebrate tomorrow. Absolutely. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I think there is also something powerful and biblical to sitting in the tension, to learning how to be still on Saturday. For the Israelites, wandering came before the promised land. For David, running from Saul and hiding in caves came before the throne. For Jesus, the wilderness came before the ministry, and for the disciples, denying Jesus and running away from their calling came before stepping into it and starting the church. So what about you? Holy Saturday is here for a reason. Is there something you need to mourn? something you need to let go of, some sadness you need to allow yourself to feel. 
some anger you need to let out? Is there something inside you that needs to have space to be processed and moved through in order to make room for the new and resurrected life that is only a day away? Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope this season is helping Jesus' journey to the cross come alive for you in a whole new way. To find out more about this project, visit our website, storiesinscripture.com, follow us on Instagram at storiesinscripture, and please be sure to rate and review this podcast. We'll see you next time for another story.